On this week's show, the CFL Draft is held, the Arena Football League finally signs a national TV contract, and the XFL announces the head coach for its Los Angeles team. In this week's history lesson, we tell the story of how a college football game almost led to a duel to the death for two fans in the stands. Wow, sounds like something we'd get into at a Lions game. <laughs> that and much more this week in the world of football. Hello? You play to win the game. Personal foul. This up. On number 99 of the defense, after he tackled the quarterback, he's giving them business down there at the 15 yard penalty. Hey, look out there. You want to get hyped? We're going to throw a forward pass. Signal. 1872 forward pass. Here we go. Here we go. In the world of football, presented by theworldoffootball.com. Promoting the game of football in all its many forms, past, present, and future. And now, on with the show. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of This Week in the World of Football. This is episode number 91 for May 7th, 2019. I'm your host, Randy Snow, and across the table from me, as always, is my son, Adam. Salutations. How you doing? I'm all right. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. We had a great weekend, and now it's raining again here. Yeah. Uh, weekend kept off. Uh, Game of Thrones, this will be the only time I talk about it. There will be no surprises this week. <laughs> Another great episode of Game of Thrones. I won't even put in the music, but, you know. Two, two episodes left, eh? Two episodes left, and, you know, we got uh, some great football over the weekend, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah. Uh, being this is episode 91, I figured I'd highlight a couple of players who wore ni- uh, number 91. Uh, first of all, Robert Porsche from the Detroit Lions. Yes. What a great defensive player he was. And his son just got drafted? Did he? Uh, I believe so. Luther okay. Ellis' uh, son, yeah. Oh. Well, or Robert, not Robert. Uh, yeah, Luther Ellis' son. I'm thinking son. of the other Lions defensive lineman. Yeah, uh, yeah, I believe Luther Ellis' son did. Luther uh, Ellis' son, but yeah, his teammate, Robert Porsche, we're talking about right now. My bad. And, and another uh, number I can't 91. think about one without thinking about the other. And another number 91 Hall of Famer, Kevin Green, who played with the Steelers and Rams and mm. a couple other teams. So a couple of famous 91s for you. So we'll have some 92s next week. Yep. All right. We uh, come to you each week from the World of Football Man Cave, located in the center of the football world, right here in Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're here to help you make sense out of all the football being played out there all year long. From the NFL to the CFL, college, indoor, and arena football, Our goal is to inform and entertain our listeners with the glorious buffet that is the world of football. All this while keeping a close eye on the rich history of the game. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on one of our many platforms, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, or iHeartRadio. You can also connect with us on our Facebook and Twitter pages at TWOF Kalamazoo or send us an email. Our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. So, Let's review what happened this past week, starting with the World of Football scoreboard. That's right. It was week two in the Arena Football League, and Friday night saw the Philadelphia Soul defeat the Baltimore Brigade 36-27. But Let's leave that off, though, with the fun new, and this will be doing a news story early, but the Arena Football League had announced a partnership with ESPN to broadcast their game. So yep. even though the local affiliates will be essentially broadcasting the game there but it'll be right. fed out then right to espn3 which was great if you have the espn app on your phone or on your laptop easy right. way to find the game 
I yeah, actually was able up. to find it on my laptop on through ESPN3, yeah. and, and I watched the first half of the game. Uh, had some technical pro- problems after that, but I did get to see the first half of the yep. game. It was great to watch some live arena football. Right, I got to catch the tail end of this game, and uh, pretty good back and forth there, but the soul came out on top with the win. And I like the Arena Football League being on ESPN. It always felt right, mm-hmm. uh, even though in this capacity it's only on ESPN3. Right. And we'll talk about ESPN again in a little bit right. with another TV contract. But, again, back to the game. The Brigade led this game 14-12 to 12 at halftime, so very unlike the Arena Football League typically. Low scoring. It's close been very game. low scoring this season. Nobody's been over about 40 points, I don't think. Both teams, I think, missed a couple of extra points mm. in the early going. It, it was it was six to six this for a, a while. This was a very defensive game, and then it was twelve to twelve for yeah. a while, and and they they finally went for two on their second touchdown to take the, the two point lead. But yeah, the kicking was bad early in this game. Yeah, these are probably two teams to watch out for because both these defenses were something else. When I watched what little I could, the defenses were the teams or the ones making the plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baltimore brigade wide receiver Joe Hills had a touchdown in the game uh, that helped become his 94th straight game yeah. with a touchdown reception yep. so good for him at least keeping a personal streak alive but unfortunately the brigade fell to the soul 36 to 27 on saturday the franchise that is brand new to the league the atlantic city blackjacks defeated the columbus destroyers the team that is returning from being shut down mm-hmm. uh, they defeated the destroyers 42 to 35 to get their first win in franchise history uh, the battle uh, battle of expansion teams, t- technically, but not technically, you wrote yeah. down here. Well, they're both new this year. But it's the first home game in Atlantic City, and I know fans there were excited. That stadium looked awesome. Yeah, Did looked you really see the cool. pictures the of that? The way it was lit up. Oh, yeah, yeah with, the, with the red I think they're going to be able to put on some uh, a lot of fun shows there as long as the team's real good, and they mm-hmm. start getting some buzz because yeah. uh, that looked like a pretty neat arena to go check yeah. out. I'd love to go check that out uh, yep. if we ever got back to the East Coast. <laughs> uh, but, yep, so, again, the Blackjacks. Got their first victory, 42-35. to A very close game here. Uh, mm-hmm. Columbus with a better uh, showing than they did last week. And we'll see where these two teams go from here. I think all these teams are going to be evenly matched. I think so. It should be so. a very interesting season. Uh, and then finally on Saturday, the Albany Empire defeated the Washington Valor 36-27. to Another close game. Uh, Albany, you know, 2-0 now. Yeah. So. They were they were destined for the Arena Bowl last year. And yeah. They, they – uh, uh, ran up against was it Washington that beat they, them in the playoffs? They lost to Philadelphia. No, because Philadelphia. No, okay, yeah, maybe they did come up against Washington. Washington uh, kind of stunned them. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, everybody everybody thought last year was going to be Philadelphia and Albany right. in the playoffs. Well, they all made the playoffs last year, but in the Arena Bowl, and right, it turned out to right. be the the two newer teams, yep. Washington and, and, and Baltimore. Baltimore. Yep. That surprised both of those. But Baltimore uh, power wasn't teams. a slouch last year. They kind of gave the Soul a run for their money and uh, beat the Soul. Yeah, that, that year was a lot closer. But then it was the Valor that kind of surprised everybody because hmm. uh, they only what one two games uh, yeah last uh, season uh, during the regular season something so. crazy, and they're the champions. So <laughs> the Arena League not in the best of states last season. Yeah, it was it was a weird season with only four teams right. and, and everybody made the playoffs and it was a two game series and the. You know the total aggregate score of the two games is what uh, right. what led to to you advancing to the Arena Bowl. So, and I, I guess they're going to do the same thing this year. Uh, four out of six yeah. teams are going to make the playoffs, but they're going to have that same format. Yeah. So. But uh, real quick with the standings, the Soul and the Empire sit at the top with a two and zero record. In the middle of the pack, it's the Baltimore Brigade and the Atlantic City Blackjacks at one and one. And at the bottom, the Columbus Destroyers and Washington Valor at zero and two. So don't count anybody out. 
this early in the season. Now we're going to throw it over to Randy with week 11 of the Indoor Football League. Yes, there were five games on Saturday in the Indoor Football League. Arizona Rattlers over the Nebraska Danger, 56-46. to and Arizona becomes the first team in the IFL to clinch a p- playoff berth this year. They're so they're undefeated to, at nine and zero. So weird to think about. They're already talking playoffs. I yeah. feel like they just started. Their up season and now is already, winding down. They're week eleven. They already got playoffs coming yep. up. Man. Yep. And in one of the other games on Saturday, the Green Bay Blizzard defeated the Bismarck Bucks forty-eight to thirty-nine. The Iowa Barnstormers defeated the Cedar Rapids River Kings. 27 to 6. Boy, Cedar Rapids didn't put up much of a fight in that yeah, game. Good for you not tripping over their name like I would. <laughs> the Sioux Falls Storm defeated the Quad City Steamwheelers 59 46. And the Tucson Sugar Skulls defeated the San Diego Strike Force 54 to 34. Those two expansion teams right there. Yeah. That's yeah. a battle of expansion teams. <laughs> yeah, but Tucson is, uh, when it comes to you know the, t- the newer teams, Tucson is a much better team this year. They, they haven't been able to beat Arizona, but, yeah, I think they've beat up on San Diego a couple of times this year already. Yeah. All right, so looking at the IFL standings, Arizona is uh, at the top of the heap with a 9-0 and record. Right behind them is the Iowa Barnstormers at 8-1, and Sioux Falls Storm at 7-2, and Green Bay Blizzard 6-3, and Nebraska Danger 5-5, five and five. Tucson Sugar Skulls at 4-5, and five. Quad City Steamwheelers 3-6, and six. Bismarck Bucks at 2-7, and seven. San Diego Strike Force at one and eight, and the Cedar Rapids River Kings at one and nine. All right, and I guess it's my turn. We're going to be talking about the CIF or the Continental Indoor Football <laughs> Champions Indoor Football. Oh, Champions Indoor Football. I'm so yeah. I haven't tackled this league. Whenever we talk about them, it's you who does. Yeah, we sw- switch these around. So I don't know. That's up to you. Yeah. But uh, anyway, Champions Indoor Football Week Seven Friday night saw the Sioux City Bandits defeat the Wichita Force and. Uh, convincing fashion, convincing, I would say. Yeah. 70 to 30 in that game. And then on Saturday, we had a very close affair between the Selena Liberty defeating the Duke City Gladiators 29 to 22. Very low scoring. Yeah. Uh, hard yep. to believe. Maybe another defensive game there. Yep, I think so. Also, Saturday night, the Omaha Beef defeated the Oklahoma Flying Aces 42 to 23, helping Oklahoma to remain winless. Mm-hmm. And on Saturday, in a game that. Uh, Ended up being postponed. The Amarillo Venom and the Texas Revolution never got underway. Yeah, I I don't know why. I I was waiting for the score to be posted, and I never saw it. And then, and here it is Tuesday, and the game was supposed to be Saturday night. I kept looking, you know, different sites, and and finally I I went into uh, I think it was the Tex- Texas Revolution site, and it it said that the game had been postponed, but there was no no notification of why. Is it going to be replayed? Um, you know. Well, what, what's the deal? I, we don't know. And uh, th- there was no article, no nothing about it. So no no release saying that the game was postponed. It just, you know, what we were supposed to be the score, it just said postponed. Yeah, but I would say this league is now in danger of falling down our credibility scale. Yeah. I would almost start putting them towards the back end of this. <laughs> and you know what happens when you get to the back end of our score rundown is usually you fall off. Yeah. So um, CIF, CIF, you're looking to find your way, yeah. not making our rundown. But we'll re quick, uh, quickly go over the standings real quick. In the Northern Division, the Omaha Beef sit at four and one, followed by the Selena Liberty at four and two, and rounding out the bottom of the Northern Division, the Sioux City Bandits and Wichita Force, with two wins apiece. But Wichita Force five losses, the Bandits three losses. So very odd discrepancy there, where the Force have played seven games and the other yeah, teams in the division. It's, have, it's weird when they they stagger their their bye weeks, or you know teams won't play for a week or two. So right. it's it's all over the place. Yeah, again falling down 
at least for me, <laughs> the world of football credibility scale. Mm. And in the Southern Division, the Texas Revolution at four and one, followed by the Amarillo Venom at three and two, the Duke City Gladiators at three and three, and as we mentioned, the Oklahoma Flying Aces at zero and five. And now back to you with the National Arena League's Week Four. All right, National Arena League. We had three games this past weekend. Columbus Lions over the Orlando Predators, 63-22. to 22. Wow. wow. That was a beatdown. Uh, what, what's going on in Orlando? I, I really don't know. I don't know. We talked about it last week. They only scored 12 points last week, so definitely not getting the same kind of talent they're used to. Mm. But that franchise has just always been so good. Yeah. Yeah, well, new league, new owner, new yeah, coaches, I guess so. new Unfortunately, everything. Unfortunately, I hate to see the Predators fall like that. Yeah. Uh, also that Saturday night, it was the Jacksonville Sharks over the Massachusetts Pirates, 55-36, to and the Carolina Cobras over the New York Streets, 48-33. to Taking a quick look at their standings, the uh, Carolina Cobras are at 3-0, and and the New York Streets and Jacksonville Sharks are at 2-1, and Columbus Lions are at 1-2, and and the Predators and the Pirates are at 1-3 and at the bottom of that division. All right, and that's everything that we have for this week's World of Football scoreboard. All right, so let's get into some NFL news now. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts are going to induct wide receiver Dwight Freeney as the 16th member of their Ring of Honor this coming season. Oh, good for him. He played for the Colts from 2002 through 2012. Uh, I did not see where a date has been set uh, for his induction and which game it's going to be at, so we'll, we'll find out more later on. But, uh, yeah, he's going into their Ring of Honor. Uh, also, uh, I just read today that Rondé Barber is talked about as a possible possibly going into the Buccaneers Ring of Honor mm. as their 13th member. That I don't think that's official yet. I heard that from a you know an ESPN source. Well, that would be uh, a great good pick anyway. Rodney Barber, one of the all-time great. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. I I think he's a little bit too too new for the Ring of Honor. I mean, to me, the Ring of Honor is is people like Dan Marino and Bob Greasy. Well, when you have a history like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I mean. He was part of that Super Bowl team. Well, he was, you know, the, the franchise isn't that old. It's not like a, a Vikings or a, even a Colts that's been around, you know, since the almost near the inception of the NFL. Yeah, but it seemed like he just stopped playing a few years ago. Uh, maybe that's how I'm it wrong. feels like, I but I mean, that's how time works. And stuff feels closer than it is. I feel like it's been a while since we've heard him on the field. And, you know, he's one of the all-time greats there. I wouldn't blame him. If this is true, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the other stipulation. I have no problem with this. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have a little bit of a problem with it, but that's that's just me. All right, in some other NFL news, Fox and NFL uh, announced that the Super Bowl will have fewer but longer commercial breaks. And at first I thought, well, this is a great deal. But then when I got reading more, it's not such a great deal. Uh, they're still going to have the same number of commercials. Which is already a lot. Right. But they're going to have four breaks each quarter instead of five breaks. And those breaks are going to be longer, so they're going to be two-and-a-half-minute-long commercial breaks instead of two minutes. So they're probably going to up the price of those ad spots. And No, it's like I said, it's the same number of ads. Uh, they're probably going to make the same money, but you know, they're telling everybody, oh, we're going to have fewer ads. No, it's the same am- amount of ads. You're just spreading them out differently. Mm-hmm. So that was the, the headline brought me in, and then the facts uh, depressed me after that. Yeah. So. Okay, so that's... That's kind of all I had in NFL news this week. In CFL news, the CFL draft was held. Um, I 
I would say I watched it, but there was no uh, real television coverage for it here in the States. But there were 73 Canadian Nationals who were selected over the eight rounds of the draft. The first overall selection was offensive lineman Shane Richards, who played at Oklahoma State. A total of five first-round selections played for NCAA NCAA schools. Um, With the fifth pick, Winnipeg took a defensive end out of Tennessee. At number six, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders took a wide receiver out of Arkansas State. At number seven, uh, the uh, Ottawa uh, Renegades. Red Blacks. Red Blacks. Man, I <laughs> they all start with R. The, the Rough Riders, the Renegades, and the Red Blacks. Uh, I just wrote down Ottawa. <laughs> I was trying to bring that off the top of my head. But Ottawa signed an offensive lineman out of Kansas, and with the eighth pick, the last pick in the first round, Calgary selected a wide receiver out of Connecticut. Which is weird. Uh, a couple of things of note of uh, this. First off, that our crack research staff was lazy <laughs> enough to just write the school that the player was drafted from in the position, not the player's name. Well, you probably wouldn't know these names anyway. They're not, That's fine. They're not like but, household names. But, but hey, but, this was their moment to shine on the World of Football right. podcast, the hottest football <laughs> podcast on the planet. <laughs> Second thing is, aren't there nine teams in the CFL? No, there's only eight. There will be a ninth, or um, I'm sorry. There are nine teams in the CFL draft. That's why I was so curious why there are only eight picks in the first You're right. round. You're right. I, I think the, the ninth team uh, probably selected somebody from Canada, from a Canadian school. Well, no, I remember seeing them post this, and it was only eight picks. And oh. I was like, why are there why are there eight picks? Unless it was just saying that those were the players chosen out of the CFL. Uh, I'll have to do some research now. Now yeah, you got do, me all confused. Continue while I research away. <laughs> okay. Um, another story out of the CFL. Uh, is there possibly going to be a player strike up in Canada? Uh, their current uh, collective bargaining agreement expires on May the 18th, which is only uh, 10 days away, and their training camps are set to open the very next day on the 19th. And right now the... CFL Players Association wants players to boycott training camps if no deal is in place by the 18th of May. So uh, stay tuned. I mean, uh, hopefully this is just a a ploy to try and get a a few extra dollars out of the the owners or out of the league for everybody. But I just, uh, I really hope they're they're not going to strike and that uh, players start showing up to uh, training camp on time and uh, the the regular season kicks off on time. Oh, yeah. What um, you find? Going back and looking, yeah, there were only eight picks in the first round of the CFL draft. Uh, obviously, the Argonauts went first, followed by the Ticats, Eskimos, and then the Blue Bombers had picks four and five, followed by the Rough Riders, Red Blacks, and Stampeders, and that's it hmm. for the first round. And then in round two, they had 11 picks. Uh, looks like Montreal... Did not have a pick in the first round, hmm. yeah, which I find it's very odd. Interesting. Yeah, so I don't I, know why. I, I don't know why you would just cut it off like that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Did they get in trouble? Did they lose a pick because of Johnny Manziel? How did that work? <laughs> I don't know. Just, do some research, research staff. What are you doing <laughs> sitting on your hands all week? Yeah, I said around do nothing for this podcast Hold all did week I, long. Did I say you? I said research staff. Yeah. Which yeah. is not the same thing. We as all you. know who that is. It's Randy. Okay. <laughs> All right, moving on to some arena football news. Uh, As we alluded to before, the Arena Football League signs an agreement with ESPN to broadcast the remainder of their schedule. Right, but the big thing we missed, or that I missed, go ahead, you're you're reading. Oh, 
Uh, all the regular season games will be on ESPN well, three. I already said that part via watch ESPN and the ESPN Which app. I already said, but uh, it's this part. Come on, Arena Bowl thirty two will be shown on ESPN two. There you go. Way to bury the lead, <laughs> man. What a struggle this ninety one episodes has been. What well, you threw all this information into the very top of the show, and I was I saving was it for later. I was just doing things logically, and you kind of just I, sitting on your hands, research staff. Okay, so yeah, so you'll be able to catch all the games uh, on the internet somewhere through a, through an ESPN app. I can't whatever. I can't recommend that ESPN app high enough. I mean, you already get your score updates from there, and you don't have to pay at least to watch the arena games because at ESPN three you don't have to pay. But if it was right. on ESPN plus, right, you would have to pay. So we're lucking out there. I'm glad mm. I'm not paying that was it five or six bucks a month for that mm. uh, for now. Unless they move a game over to ESPN Plus, then I'll have to fork over the cash. Yeah, yeah, I don't but know. as of right now, ESPN three is at least free. So sure. the app is a well worth investment. If you have a TV you can cast your phone on to, I would highly recommend getting it to watch the Arena League. Hmm. Yeah, Arena Football is always fun to watch. Yeah. I was I was really um upset that, that they didn't have a national con contract or you know, I couldn't find them on, right. on websites and that they were only being broadcast in those local areas. But from so, what I saw, the local the local people doing the games were doing a very good job. Yeah. They got some former arena guys on the broadcast. So at least having that translated over to the ESPN, mm-hmm. uh, I call that a win in my book, step in the right direction, especially for the Arena League. Yeah, so. it's kind of nice to, to hear some of the local guys. I mean, they're more invested in, right. in these teams than maybe some of the national guys. Right, but, that they would assign to the – yeah. Right. But, I mean, you know, Ari Wolf and uh, – um, Cedric Bonner. I mean, they they make such a great team. Right. They no matter what game it is, they're very knowledgeable. You know, I wish we had them on a, on a national uh, broadcast every week, right. but it's just not the game. So this year we get to we get to hear some of the local guys talking right. about their teams and and, and, and you know whatnot. and sure it's just for streaming right now. Uh, but you know, I think if this le- year goes over well, they keep adding some more teams, and maybe the league will jump up in credibility with Ron Jaworski as part of the league. You know, I'm sure that helps with the, him communicating to the arena league. Cause he's also part of the league uh, trustees or whatever you want to call it. He's at the top of the league. Uh, right. In, you know, the suits. Yeah. Th- I forgot to write this down on the, the rundown, but I sent you a, of course, a, I research sent you, staff I forgot sent to put you, something in the rundown. I sent you the link to this article where uh, you, you probably didn't read it because you never read anything I send you. This is true. But what they were saying is that uh, the Arena Football League is going to expand by four teams next year. Yep, I remember reading and that. And then the year after that, they're going to add two more. So in the next two years, they're going to expand by six teams and double the size of their league that they have this year. And I'm all excited about oh, that. Oh, yeah. If they can do that, I'd be happy. Hopefully, we'll get the Gladiators back next year from Cleveland. Yeah, they did not say anything, but they, they kind of alluded to the fact that four of these six teams are going to be west of the Mississippi so, oh, I thought they weren't getting that far yet. I thought, well, from what I gathered from the article, that's uh, that's what they're talking. That's what about. they want eventually. But I figured they said they want to stay East Coast for right. a couple of years. Right, and I would just be happy, like you said, to get Cleveland back. Uh, maybe another I, couple of teams. I think a Detroit team is in play with the new Little right. Caesars Arena right. in Detroit. They had a team in Pittsburgh for a couple of years. Um, and they could go back there, Pittsburgh maybe Power. or. I know I watched a, and this is getting way off topic, and I don't want to get off topic, but I watched a <laughs> scary news piece from a Portland TV station from a few years ago about how bad the Arena League treated that city when hmm. they left, you know, all up and left Portland hmm. after they were the Thunder, then they were the Steel, mm-hmm. and how they still owe a bunch of money to people out hmm. there. So the Arena League has been a mess. 
Well, that was that was back when each team had individual owners. Now they've got uh, right, you know everything is but essentially still not re- as far as I know rectify. You know, so that payment kind of irks me and still says the Arena League is not where it yeah. should be. Could some of these uh, teams that used to be arena football teams come back? You know, Please, like the, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Well, Good Lord. No, I'm talking about teams that are in other leagues right uh, now, like the Jacksonville Sharks. Oh, um, bringing back the Iowa Predators. Barnstormers, uh, Predators, maybe uh, Arizona Rattlers. Wow, maybe bring back a, a San Jose team. I think, also. It, like we said, anything west of the uh, – I think the article said, if I remember reading it correctly, anything west is too far for right now. Well, yeah, but – I would love to see them get the Jacksonville Sharks back. That would be sure. great. I'd love them to see, you know, I'd love to see some of these other franchises that have, you know, shut the doors. They had bring Nashville, them back. Nashville Cats. I mean, for if, they, if years. you can bring the Columbus Destroyers back, I mean, you've already brought the Nashville Cats back once. I would love to see the Nashville team brought back. Mm-hmm. I think a Grand Rapids or a Detroit, you know, one or the other. They had the, the Georgia Force Georgia in Atlanta. Force. I would love to see them go back to Canada again and mm-hmm. uh, team revive the, the Phantoms. That was a great team up there. Great, I thought they had a great atmosphere up there. <laughs> so, I mean, we've we've been on this a little uh, too long. Let's uh, transition okay. over. What's the next story? Okay, uh, last uh, news story is the uh, XFL. Uh, the league released its 2020 television schedule the other day. I think this is the biggest news of the week. Well, it is. Um, their season is going to begin February 8th. We all knew that, and it's going to end on April. 12th it's going to be a 10-week regular season and their championship game is going to be on april 26 and this was just the dates and times but no teams so even though i mean we know where the teams are going to be you could be dallas against uh st louis but they didn't even throw that in there yet so all we have are the dates and what tv network is going to broadcast the games on certain days i still think that's huge well it is it is, well, but uh, I, was, I was just disappointed because yeah. I, I want to go see a game in St. Louis next year, right. and uh, I'm well, still we've waiting. We've got to, plenty of time for them to waiting to see you to hammer when that that's going to happen. But yeah, they um, uh, and they also signed a in conjunction with that announcement. They also announced that they've signed multi-year agreements with ESPN, Fox, FS1, and ABC to broadcast their games. So now that that is big. So essentially, it was they signed a deal with Disney because Disney. <laughs> Owns ESPN and ABC, right. and they signed a deal with Fox Sports, which essentially is Gives Fox FS1. and FS1. Sure. So essentially two networks. Right, right. But still, those four channels will be huge. Yeah. I mean, compared to what the AAF was working with, and unfortunately the XFL is going to get a lot of comparisons to that. And to be honest with you, on my way into work this morning, uh, I heard they actually talked to XFL on the radio on ESPN, and oh. that's the most I've heard of – Either league, you know, AAF got a little play on ESPN mm-hmm. when that first came out, but I mean, to hear the XFL a league that's not even around just yet, already getting a little talk because they're going to be on ESPN right. and all that. I think so. it's big, and it shows you that they're taking notes from the AAF and maybe even doing things a little better. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah I, mean, I mean, I'm excited for the XFL. Don't get me wrong, but I was just so high on the AAF, right? And, and I guess there's going to be a uh, article in Sports Illustrated this week detailing some of the AAF downfall, hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, they they did have something out uh, that I posted from ESPN, the magazine. Oh, or, I'm sorry, uh, Sports Illustrated. Yeah, that's what. And I'm... yeah, yeah, they've got something okay. about about the. the so yeah, check that AAF. out. I mean, I started reading a little bit of what they posted online about it, but man, what a! I can't wait to see that documentary. <laughs> But, but look at the simil- similarities. I mean, uh, the XFL is going to start on February 8th, which yep. I think is the day after the Super Bowl. 
No. Is, is that is that a Monday? I'm, I'm not eighth? sure. Give me three seconds as I drop my phone. Come on, fill but, air but time. I mean, but I mean, the bottom line is they're they're starting right after the the, uh, the Super Bowl. They are um, they have a ten game season just like the AAF, and their championship game game is going to be on April twenty sixth next year, where the uh, AAF championship game is going to be on April twenty seventh this year, the day after the right. draft is done. So I mean, the timeline for their season is almost identical. Well, February eighth is a Saturday. Okay. Um, the Super Bowl will probably be held on. The second, right, uh, which is our brother, my brother's birthday, uh-huh. so he'll get it uh, ignored while we watch the Super Bowl. I think it's on the second time in his 22, 23 years right. that the Super Bowl. So we'll have to throw him a Super Bowl birthday party. <laughs> oh, he'll love that. Oh yeah, he loves. Football. I'll love it, but <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't love football. Happy birthday, son! Now shut up. And he said the twenty sixth. The twenty sixth will be a Sunday. Yeah. So yes, and the, and the the third day of the draft is the day before that Saturday. Yeah. So. So, but yeah. Um, Interesting, interesting news there. But yeah, big. I think that's huge news for the XFL and puts them um, probably on better footing than maybe what the AAF had to start. And they said multi-year. Yeah. Which I probably is standard, but still that says a lot to me about maybe where the XFL is actually going to be going. But we'll see. Anything can happen as we could. Really? Oh solid. yeah, we thought we thought that the AAF was going to be the the league to beat. Right. And boy, were we wrong on that yep. one. Yep. All right. What else we got? Okay. Uh, Winston Moss, just a few hours ago, was officially named as the head coach of the Los Angeles franchise of the XFL. He's a former Green Bay assistant coach, and he played in the NFL also for a couple teams. I think uh, Oakland when they played in Los Angeles. Um, so he's he's got a little bit of a tie with Los Angeles. But, uh, yeah, so the only one that we don't know right now is um, the Houston team. Um, there were some rumors about uh, – Oh, I forget who. Uh, Jeff Fisher? Yeah, I think Jeff oh. Fisher was rumored, but they said that wasn't true. So uh, Houston in the XFL is the only team that does not have – they've not officially announced their head coach and GM gotcha. yet. All right, and that's it for the news. We do have, unfortunately, a couple of obituaries uh, this past week. Uh, the first one I'll do is uh, MacArthur Lane, a running back in the NFL for three different teams, dies at the age of 77. Lane, who was called Mac the Truck by his teammates, played college football at Utah State and was selected in the first round of the 1968 NFL Draft by the St. Louis Cardinals. He played in St. Louis from 1968 through 1961, or 71, and then he was traded to the Green Bay Packers, where he played from 1972 to 1974, and then the Packers ended up trading him to the Kansas City Chiefs, where he finished his playing career from 1975 through 1978. And then we have the April 28, 2019 obituary. Dan Connors, who played middle linebacker for 11 seasons in the NFL, passed away at the age of 78. Connors played defensive back at Miami and was selected in the second round of the 1964 American Football League draft by the Oakland Raiders. He was also selected in the fifth round of the 1964 NFL draft by the Chicago Bears. Connors played his entire career in Oakland from 64 to 74, He won an AFL title in 67 and was on the Raiders team that lost to the Green Bay Packers in Super Bowl II. After his playing career was over, he spent some time as an assistant coach with the 49ers in San Francisco and also as a player scout with the Raiders and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Connors was inducted into the University of Miami Sports Hall of Fame in 1977. All right. Uh, One birthday today. Um, 
Johnny Unitas was born on this day in 1933. He passed away in 2002 at the age of 69, so he would have been 86 years old today. Uh, he played for the Colts from 1956 through 1972. That's 17 seasons. And uh, he finished his career in 1973 with the San Diego Chargers. It's always hard to see Johnny Unitas in a Chargers uniform. Uh, you mean, uh, he just, he's so associated with Baltimore. How many quarterbacks can we tell you, you know, or fam- famous players for that matter, that you know, you, you think of them with one team, but then they always have, right. you know, Joe Montana ended up with right. the Chiefs for a little bit. Yep. You'd have Brett Favre ended up with the Jets and the Vikings. Yep. You know, yeah, it's it's hard to see people that you really associate with one team go off someplace else and right. play, and, and you know, once their career is over with, everybody only thinks of them with that one team. But yeah, Barry Sanders with the Washington Redskins. Oh wait, thank God that never happened. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, okay, so uh, Johnny Unitas, he actually won three NFL titles before the Super Bowl era, and then he actually won uh, a Super Bowl, Super Bowl five over the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, well, I guess you could say the same thing for Bart Starr because he, you know, he won he some, some Super Bowl plus titles before then. So I guess it's not that. It's a weird demarcation unusual. point where people start thinking of you differently. Like, right. oh, well, Bart Starr won two Super Bowls, Well, he also won a bunch of NFL titles. That's the thing that stinks right. nowadays because that's what everybody. Because right. now we're in the quote Super Bowl era, but right. Bart Starr is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever played the game. Sure, he doesn't get the love anymore because he only won two Super Bowls. And right. Tom Brady's won six Super Bowls. Right. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> yeah. And Unitas, Unitas barely gets talked about now. I mean, everybody's like, oh, he was a great quarterback back then, but he still won a bunch of titles, but they don't talk about those titles. Like yeah. the Lions and Browns don't get talked about. Right. Because they won their titles before the Super Bowl era. So that's irrelevant now. So yeah. we're going to just, you know, not erase it, but we're going to ignore all that happened. <laughs> like, that's my only problem with, like, talking or listening to sportscasters nowadays because they're just focused on, like, that. Right. Sure. Is that important now? Yeah. I mean, this is a the time we're in now, but you can't discount what happened before. Like when people kick the Browns while they're down, kick the Lions while they're down. When these are two of the most historic franchises the league has ever had. Sure. Yeah. Just the last fifty years, they haven't amounted to much. Yeah. Get and, over it. And, and we did a we did a history lesson where we talked about how the Browns went to ten straight championship games. Yeah. You know, uh, four in the AAFC, and then you know they won the their first uh, NFL title in in 1950, and then they were in that title game for right. so many years. But all people talk about it. Oh, how pathetic are the Browns because they've never Just won a super, never even sniffed a Super Bowl. Right. And we have that Super Bowl era stat where it's like the Lions, the Cardinal, right. the Lions, Jags. Texans and Browns have not gone to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, Lions have won four NFL titles. Two of those are expansion teams within the last 30 years. <laughs> the other two have been around since the 50s. Right. Like, give me a break. Yeah. Uh, and oh, lastly, for Johnny Unitas, he was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1979. Okay, so we finally got through Johnny All Unitas right. after several sidetracked yeah. uh, statements. Tends there. to happen on this show. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to move on to this week's history lesson. And this week we're going to talk about a time when a football game almost led to a duel between two fans in the stands. Army and Navy began competing on the gridiron in 1890. The rival military academies had always been out to upstage the other whenever they could to show who was the best. But in 1893, their budding football rivalry took a serious turn. Navy led the series two games to one when they met for just the fourth time. The game was played before a crowd of 10,000 spectators at Annapolis, and Navy once again beat Army, this time by the score of 6-4, taking a 3-1 series lead. But during the game, 
an Army general and a Navy admiral got into a heated argument over the game, and they actually challenged each other to a duel. President Grover Cleveland heard about the incident and was so angry over the behavior of the officers at the game that he put an end to the Army-Navy contest after only four games. It was not until 1899, six years later, that the Army-Navy game was allowed to resume. This time, however, it would be played at a neutral site. The game was played at Franklin Field in Philadelphia, and Army came out on top 17-5. to Since 1899, the game has mainly been played at a neutral site. Philadelphia has been the primary location for the annual game, but it has also been played in Princeton, New Jersey, New York, Chicago, Pasadena, California, East Rutherford, New Jersey, Landover, Maryland, and Baltimore. The game was played in Annapolis in 1942 and at West Point in 1943 due to security concerns and travel restrictions during World War II. This year, in 2019, the game will take place in Philadelphia once again, and it will be the 120th meeting for the storied rivalry. Navy leads the all-time series 60-52 with seven ties. I've always said that football is life, but it is not life and death. But tell that to two military officers who were willing to kill or be killed to uphold the honor of their respective academies. Sounds like the... This would make a good movie as well. I th- I say that every week we talk about uh, your history lessons, but I can just hear the wild, wild west like, ooh, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Good sound effect. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I was working yeah, on that, that. It was an interesting story. And, yeah. uh, you know, Army, Navy has got Fo- so many great stories. Yeah, fo- that's why football's just got great stories all mm-hmm. in general. People do the dumbest stuff yep. <laughs> or try to do the dumbest stuff. All right, moving on to our upcoming events calendar. Uh, like I said earlier, on the 19th of May, the, the CFL training camps are going to open up. Uh, the 20th through the 22nd, the NFL is going to hold their spring meetings in Key Biscayne, Florida. And May 26th, the CFL preseason begins. Oh, man, can't wait so for CFL we're football. We're only a couple weeks away from the preseason kicking off in the CFL. Oh, um, I love CFL football. We've we, we got to go see a game in Toronto this year. We, we saw a game in Hamilton last year. Yeah. I'd love to see a game in Toronto uh, this year. See Let's their new it. stadium, BMO Field. Let's do Haven't it. Haven't been up there. We've still got an arena game we got to go to. Yeah, we've got to go to Columbus, too. We're, we're, we have that date set, but I haven't, uh, haven't bought our tickets yet. But um, What date was that again? I, I can't remember. Okay, we'll talk about it off air then. That's fine. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that, that's coming up soon, too. All right. So um, unless you have anything else that uh, you want to talk about. Well, we still got uh, what games we got coming up this week and where to catch them. Uh, the Arena Football League, obviously, as we were just talking about today, is all on the ESPN3 or the ESPN app. So you'll have Columbus traveling to Baltimore. I'm not sure what day that is. But uh, we'll have that game. You look for Albany versus Philadelphia in Philly. And Washington at Atlantic City. The acronym was throwing me off. <laughs> uh, and the Indoor Football League, I would recommend you go to YouTube. Subscribe to the Indoor Football League's channel because they will have all of their games live streaming. Uh, they're really good about letting you know when the games are going to go live. And I've watched a few of them live. They, you know, As long as you've got a good internet stream, you should be good. Uh, the National Arena League, I'm not sure where we can find those games. YouTube. Those are also on YouTube? Yes, they are. Okay, so yeah, you'll have the, uh, I guess I didn't run through the Indoor Football League schedule, but uh, 
Tucson at San Diego in the Indoor Football League, Quad City at Iowa, and Green Bay at Sioux Falls. And the National Arena League, which is also on YouTube apparently, I did not know, the uh, Massachusetts Pirates at the Columbus Lions, the Carolina Cobras are playing at the Jacksonville Sharks. Only two games in that league. And apparently on Pluto TV, which I still haven't gotten a chance to look into to watch a game from the uh, Champions Indoor Football, Duke City at Wichita, Selena at Amarillo, Sioux Falls at Oklahoma, and Omaha at Texas Revolution, barring a postponement, I would assume. <laughs> but yeah, so w- hopefully next week we'll be a little more ready. We, we kind of just do this to get together again. Yeah, we, we talked about where to find them last week, and I, I didn't put that on this week's yeah. rundown, but but you want that I, on I, I, I want to start you know, being a little more specific. Like what sure. what day okay. for people to find it? Like, hey, Friday night, there's this game uh, in these leagues. Saturday, these games. Sunday, these games. You know, we start giving them Heads up to our listeners, if you know, so they can plan their schedule accordingly. Because okay. football is life. Okay, more work for me, but that doesn't affect you. I mean, All hey, right. you should be fine. It. You just got to get the crack research staff to just suck it up and, uh-huh. you know, because they ain't. Was that your mom? They aren't doing nothing all week. <laughs> hey, you got a wife, a kid, and three dogs. They ain't doing nothing around this house. Put them to work. Okay. All right. Anything else that, that uh, we need to talk about before we close the show out? You want to talk about Game of Thrones some more? No. All right, well, we'll leave it at that this week, then. Okay. <laughs> no Avengers spoilers? No. Okay, I guess I'm done. No. Okay. Well, uh, that's it for this week. If you learned something from this week's show, then we've uh, done our job. Visit our website at theworldoffootball.com for news, links, upcoming events, and more. Our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. You can also like The World of Football on Facebook at TWOF Kalamazoo, where we post a lot of unique stories and pictures and highlights from all over the world of football. You can also follow us on Twitter. The address is at TWOF Kalamazoo. New episodes of this podcast are posted every Tuesday and are available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. So please subscribe, rate, review, let us know what you think, and please come be a part of the football conversation all right join us again next week when we'll review all the happenings in the world of football until then i'm randy snow and i'm john snow and we'll see you next week